It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Just kidding. Oh, man, I was <laughs> I was ready. I was like, Annabelle's back. Annabelle's back. She's coming back. All right. Let's introduce this proper. to no credentials required where you don't need a press pass to talk sports we are presented by belly up sports in association with godzilla media i'm ryan mccarthy i'm one of the co-hosts and to my right is a man who was who when mariah carey said it's time today he got his christmas decorations all ready to go dustin henry dustin how are we doing today I'm doing all right, but I did not. I did not get my Christmas decorations ready to go because I'm very much on your side, sir. We've talked about this on these did, very airwaves. And, uh, but in case you're wondering, I am the person that broke the Rubik's Cube record while skydiving. I solved it. It was me. Guinness contacted me. They were blown away. It was me. So we'll see if that gets me the picnic with Taylor Swift. I'm just kidding. I didn't do any of those things. How are you tonight? I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Hey, I had I I I, uh, had an early dismissal from work today from my own accord. Uh, This is recording. Going to have a 10 good minutes later this week with my friend uh, 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 Darren Dupont from the Rod Pearson show. We're going to talk about the CFL and the Great Cup playoffs coming this week. And I got a workout in, and I got my creatine in. I'm good to go. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And we have a special guest tonight, Dustin. Before we do that, we need to remind some. We need to remind the good people at home about our social media channels, which are right down here below: Twitter, Instagram, and the scarcely used TikTok. It's at NoCredsReq. Facebook.com forward slash NoCredsReq. YouTube.com forward slash at NoCredsReq. If you would be so kind as to like, comment, share, and subscribe to all of our social media channels including Facebook and YouTube. Leave a like, leave a comment. You know, we'd be very kind if you need, for you to do that. On the, on the podcast side, 
Subscribe to the podcast on a myriad of podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, wherever you podcast, rate and review five stars. This many stars is the number we would really, really like to have for our rating. If you have the platform to do it, please leave a review, no matter how cruel and unusual or how awesome it, it, your, rate, your review is, I will read it on the air. And you can engage with the show since this is a live show. We want your comments. And Dustin, I know you've been waiting an extra you waited an extra day to hear the sound. I know you love the sound. I right, did, I did. Thank you. All right. Yes, right, folks. Again, live show, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter, we want your comments. Please, please, please engage with us. Before we get to our regular docket tonight, we want to bring in our special guest. He is the CEO, CFO, and COO of Sertoba Media, host of the In or Out uh, pod, Sports Debate podcast, as well as co-host of Total Football Talk with a friend of the show, Cole Johnson. Mm-hmm. Amongst other projects, we have from the great state, I mean, sorry, Commonwealth of Virginia, Oh, Mr. Drew Willingham. D. Willie, what's going on, buddy? Hey, thank you all for uh, for tuning into this show as well. For you guys for having me here, honor, joy, and privilege to have one great show with you guys. Looking forward to this one. Yeah, we are too. I, you, you told me in a chat or a friend chat we had the week off, and you wanted to see if, we, if you wanted to do some uh, podcasting. So I figured, you know what? Let's bring in D. Willie. He's always gets the spicy takes with the yeah. uh, pro football talk and with in or out sports debate, which I've been on. I was on episode 93, I believe, of In or Out Sports Debate. And that was a fun 92. Time. 92. 92. 92. You were oh. close. You were close. We're in the 90s. I, my right. math is all my I I always sucked at math. I was never good at math. I was always better at English and history in school. So <laughs> well, it was better than your guess of Shaq's age last week. No, but it's it's a very rare feat for me to have a Wednesday off from work because I'm usually during a time when you guys are live on Tuesdays or during this special time. I'm usually working away, you know, a ways away from my house. So it's good to be home and be able to carve out a little bit of time for those of you who give giving back to me and Sertoba Media where the struggle is real to be awesome. You guys can check sure that is. out when you get a chance. But thank you guys again for having me here. Looking forward to crushing some great football topics with you tonight. Yeah, that's what we're going to talk about primarily tonight. So we're going to start with our first topic, which we usually do, which is the biggest upset. And Drew, I'm going to hand the floor over to you. In your mind, what was the biggest upset from week eight in the NFL? Without a doubt, it had to be the Broncos beating the Chiefs. I mean, they Mm. held that offense down to like record numbers. And for a team that had just given up 70 points not long (laughs) ago, okay, lost 70 to 20 to the Dolphins. I did not see this coming. I mean, many of us, if you would have put this in on FanDuel or DraftKings, you would have came out with a great profit, but I don't know anybody who did that this past week because when you have the defending Super Bowl champs who have now are two-time Super Bowl champs, you know, within recent years doing what they've done, special caliber team on both sides of the ball, primarily on offense, for what the Broncos did to hold them to the amount of points that they did, nine points, embarrassment for the Chiefs, but great on the Broncos, who are now three and five winning recent games and climbing back on up there. Sean Payton's looking like the hype was real this past summer. 
Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, I I for, for Dustin, what what's your what's your biggest upset from this week? Well, I got to agree with with Drew on this one. To me, this was the obvious game to pick. The Broncos had lost count them 16 straight times to the Kansas City Chiefs. The last time the Broncos won this game, won number 18 Peyton Manning, the forehead king himself. He was quarterback <laughs> of the Denver Broncos and I I, I got to you know you and I, Ryan, but mostly me, I'll, I'll take this one. On this very show, I have been extremely critical of Sean Payton. I have, I have, I have uh, gotten on him for doing the onside kicks. I'm saying it's not, it's not 2000, uh, you know, nine in the Super Bowl anymore, or wherever, whenever it was that he did that as the head coach of the New Orleans Saints. I had said you took a defensive unit that was, for the most part, very good last year and you and you brought them right down to the toilet but got to give credit where credit is due the broncos do seem to be ever so slightly improving and maybe starting to find a little bit of a groove here sean payton great job by the broncos defense uh, as drew said shutting them down limiting them to nine points that's huge and uh i have to say the chiefs there's some holes in the armor for sure. There are some holes in the armor, but Ryan, I want to get I want to get uh, your insight because I have a feeling you may have picked this game as well. <laughs> no, I picked the I picked the uh, Jets over the Jets. I'm just kidding. No, it's, <laughs> let's, let's consider this unanimous. It, it was definitely uh, Chiefs, uh, the Broncos over the Chiefs. And Dustin, I gotta give you, I gotta give you flowers, my friend, because last week you were saying about the Kansas City Chiefs offense. What's happening with this offense? What is going on? And we and we kind of yeah. for, for me, I kind of pinpointed it to the fact that they miss Eric Bieniemy, who is currently with Drew's Washington Commanders, and they bring in Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy as their offensive coordinator. And if you're a Chicago Bears fan, you curse his name every <laughs> chance you get. And right now, the Kansas City Chiefs fans are doing the exact same thing. They are cursing his name. And I also gotta give credit where credit's due. We we've all talked about the Broncos defense, how they've gotten better. And in this game, I did not see this coming at all. I did not no. see this coming. I did not see the final this final score coming. I did not see the fact that they limited the Chiefs offense to nine points, no touchdowns, and they forced five turnovers, including three interceptions of Patrick Mahomes, who is the perennial MB, league MVP. Yeah. And dare I ask both you gentlemen and in the comments section is is Chef Russell Wilson back? Ooh. <laughs> Go ahead, Dustin. I, all right. All right. As the as the Seahawks fan on this podcast, I'll take this one first. Now, I am a big I am a big Russell Wilson apologist. I'll come out and I'll say it. I appreciate what he did for the Seattle, the city of Seattle. I know they didn't end on the best terms, but I thought the fans, if you remember week one of last year on this very program, I thought the fans booing him was just, I was in vehement disagreement. But with all that said, something's wrong with Russell Wilson. And I've been waiting for, him to kind of find his groove and rediscover himself. And I don't know if I'd say that Russ is all the way back to cooking. 
I don't know if uh, Russ will ever be Mr. Unlimited, like he said in that famous clip. <laughs> but um, it is a step in the right. It, it is a step in the right direction for Russ. But I, I still, I'm just a little afraid of Russ. I think he, something's still up with him. But I, I want to hear what you gentlemen think. I, I don't think he's cooking again. I mean, he only threw for 114 yards. Yeah. I mean, he had Trent mm-hmm. Dilfer-like numbers in this game. He <laughs> threw for three touchdowns. Okay, I'll give him that. He yeah. threw for three touchdowns. But 114 passing yards, I think this is more along the lines of the Chiefs' offense. The receivers got exposed. Because when you're leading receiver, Travis Kelsey, I mean, he is primarily one of your leading receivers as he is the ace of that receiving squad being that tight end and one of the great tight ends of the game. But you have to have somebody else to throw the ball to. And, and yes, um, you know, we saw Mahomes spread the ball out quite a bit. He is known for spreading it around. Rasheed Rice gave you four receptions on 56 yards. But besides that, I mean, Justin Watson had that one big grab, which is why he only had 42 combined yards. But other than that, you need some more production out of your other receivers. You also need to be able to mix it up as Pacheco only had 40 rushing yards on eight carries, averaging five yards per attempt. So when you put all that in perspective, they got to be able to establish the run. They got to be able to mix it up quite a bit. And Mahomes has got to do a better job protecting the football, which we're used to seeing because, you know, he threw two interceptions on 240 yards passing, but no completed touchdowns. 24-38 on pass attempts. I mean, other than the, the two interceptions, he didn't have a horrible game, but unfortunately those two interceptions is what cost them the game along, along with the fact of, you know, they were just getting beat up on that offensive line. I mean, the, we saw a Denver Broncos team that we had not seen all season, but one we were expecting to see with all the hype during the offseason. Unfortunately, it just took like nine weeks to get to that point. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I kind of threw that question out there because I, fig- I figured, all right, he, he finally he – help the Broncos beat the Chiefs. That was their big bugaboo for the last eight, nine seasons. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, you give the stats through. He didn't really contribute much, but I mean, when you're a quarterback, no. you have to take control of the game. And mm-hmm. with the fact that they had no, uh, next to no turnovers, while Patrick Mahomes threw three interceptions, you, you kind of have to put that little, little yes. bit of the seed little... in their people's brains see what's yeah. going the on the little asterisks by it because i i will say and far be it from me i don't know i don't know what is going on with russell wilson but i don't think he's exercised all his demons but the thing, the big thing i've noticed is cuz even you look at his you look at his last 2 years in seattle and he didn't quite set the world on fire the way that he had some of his best years and it's because he stopped using his legs. His legs were an integral part of his game, and he stopped using them as much. And I don't know if it's because he can't anymore as to the level that he wants to or whether it's been kind of coached out of him, but he does not use his legs the way that he used to. Yeah. With, yeah. with one part of that, too, we have to keep in the equation. He is 34 years old. Yes. So, you know, I'm only two years older than that. And, you know, despite what I experienced a little over six, seven months ago, you know, even before that, you know, the wheels aren't the same as what they were no. 10 years ago. So no. um, regardless of whatever shape you're in, he's in pretty good shape. So for that, yeah. I think that was more along the lines of that was strategic where we're going to run him less because the more he runs and the more hits he takes, the less likely he's going to play in the later stages of his, of his 30 year career. Of his, oh, yeah. Of being in his 30s. I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and keep in mind, per 
Charles Barkley, round is a shape. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm shaping into form here with the holidays coming. I'll tell you, Halloween was not a good start for me. I got to get back to the gym. And then we got you got Thanksgiving around the corner, man. So it is not looking good for all of us. We got the Christmas cooking. It is not a great once Halloween gets here, it sets off a bad diet for the next two months. Oh, yeah. yeah. Between Thanksgiving and and Christmas season with the Advent ales. Come on. Yeah, we're good. We're We're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, we are. So before we go to our next section, just want to take a quick visit to the comments section. Uh, some trash pelican named Drew Willingham. <laughs> we are live. <laughs> Good old Dumpster Pelicans. Gotta love it. Yeah, right. Walk on the same checking in saying both Jets and Giants, uh, uh, Jets and Seahawks find a way to win. Hope you guys are in as good a mood as I am. And that new defensive tackle in Seattle. We'll get to him in a few minutes. Oh, yeah. And and Wonko says, Welcome, Drew. Well, thank you very much, Wonko. I appreciate it. Big Teddy Bear 1100 says, hi, Ryan, Drew, and the third person. <laughs> well, the, the third person, his name is Dustin. Uh, that is Mickey Delaney. That's one of our uh, followers. Ah, on media. He, uh, awesome. he must have saw the post I put out there. Thank oh, the, you for oh, the comment cop. I appreciate it. The comment the cop, cop, yes. He is my comment police. We have this Where's guy. I, we have, I, will say, I will say we have this guy named Ike who pops into our videos or whatnot. Um, I will not say his last name to be FCC appropriate, but Ike what I will say, a- yes, Ike, Ike is a legend when it comes to some of the um, left-sided comments that he throws out there as far as, you know, being someone who likes to rile you up out there. So, yes, <laughs> he pushes the envelope, and Mick is the one that polices him out there in the comments. And apparently Mick is cooking now as we talked and about food just a minute that's ago. Right. That's nice. right. Is that, nice. Well, between Russell Wilson cooking and us, you know, holiday cooking. Yeah. You know, we're getting we're getting the cooking. This we're gonna be, fourteen we're gonna yards worth of cooking. Yeah, we're gonna be cooking <laughs> up some spicy gumbo. <laughs> right, stir that pot, stir that pot. All right, we're gonna move on to the biggest disappointment of the week, Dustin. I'm gonna start with you. Who who in your mind was the biggest disappointment this week? All right. Well, the biggest disappointment for me. Oh, I just xed my tab. That's not what I wanted to do because I don't have it memorized. Hold on, let me reopen that tab. I've been there. Don't My worry. biggest disappointment is. I know you drink diet soda. I got to <laughs> say, it is CJ Stroud slash the Houston Texans. We, you know, we were so high on the Texans in this show in previous weeks. You know, we liked the direction that D'Amico Ryans was taking the team. CJ Stroud had been unbeatable. He had that, what was it, first six games without throwing an interception? He was very you know, good. 134. 130- Eight, 37, 137 consecutive completion, consecutive throws or attempts without interception, something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And you know the the Texans, you know, so dare dare we say it? If they keep going like this, they have a chance in that division. Then they turn around and they lay an egg against uh, a previously winless Carolina Panthers. Which hats off to the Carolina Panthers for finally getting that win. Uh, Eddie Pinheiro riding off into the sunset on the shoulders of a teammate. Uh, but um, <laughs> it was disappointing. I expected more from the Texans this week. And uh, Ryan, I'm not uh, I'm not sure how you feel about it, but that was my biggest disappointment. Yeah, I, the Texans were definitely my biggest disappointment, too. And the flowers I gave them a couple weeks ago, actually in last week's program, I said I pinpointed C.J. Stroud as my player to watch. 
And he and the Texans offense, they were complete non-factor. Otherwise, I guess an otherwise pantless, uh, uh, pant, pantsless, <laughs> toothless <laughs> Panthers cool. defense. Oh, my goodness. But, hey, Bryce Young, his counterpart, his, uh, the one-two in the draft this year, he put on his best performance of the year. And uh, to, to give them the, give them full credit for playing ball control down the stretch and those weird penalties by the tech by the Texans with the offside and then the personal foul to bring the bring the Panthers up five another fifteen yards forward and then another offside to try to get try to block that field goal. What a bizarre way to lose! But gotta give credit where credit's due to the Panthers and mm-hmm. somewhere, Dustin and Drew. 2017 Cleveland Browns, they're popping open those Miller highlights because they're the only team, they're still the last team to go over during the regular season. <laughs> Drew Willingham, gonna hand it over to you. Who was your biggest disappointment this week? I've actually got a tie if, if I can give both teams. Yeah, I'm actually okay. disappointed in this week. Um, okay. The second one more so than the first, but I'll give the first one. Because they're on a three-game losing streak, i got to give it to the 49ers. Um, because, you know, Ooh. with what Brock Purdy did, throwing two interceptions, I mean, he did throw for 365 yards, but his age definitely showed as some of the decisions he made, putting the ball in some tight spots and getting picked off twice. The Bengals, you know, now are four and three after their rough start that they had. It looks like they are finally healthy again. Joe Burrow, who was banged up before the season even started, I think that bye week really helped not him, but this entire team get things together to where they can have the production that they're having right now and to now have a winning record at this point in the season when it wasn't looking good for them the first month of the year. So um, hats off to them for turning things around, but you have to be worried if you're the 49ers. I don't care if you just stole Chase Young from my team, the formerly known as the R-E-D-S-K-I-N-S Washington football team, hashtag WTF Washington team of football, now called the Commanders, a.k.a. the Commies, looking at what they're doing out here. Now three and five, okay? But back to the 49ers. Yes, you made a great move by bringing in Chase Young, but when it comes to the past three weeks up until that move that you made yesterday, it's been looking pretty rough since that 5-0 and start. That's my first team that I'm disappointed in. The other one who had to resort to their third-string quarterback, a team that I predicted to go 1-7, and seven, but they, they kind of surprised me by switching things up after they went 1-5, and five, and that is the Giants. When it comes to Danny DeVito's long-lost relative, the quarterback, third-string quarterback, Tommy DeVito, throwing two passes for seven yards. No, two of seven for negative one yards. How do you throw for negative one yards? We know how it happens, but how are you going to end a game with negative one yards? You definitely played like the penguin on Batman, one of his famous characters, your uncle or long-distant cousin, whatever he is, Danny DeVito. That's who showed up on the field for the New York Giants this past week. When it comes to my disappointing teams, it has to be the 49ers and the Giants. That's what Tommy DeVito just said as a a reply. Burgess Meredith Penguin. I like it. I like it. Yeah, right. That's a good one. Legendary. Legendary. Well, you know what I do, Dustin, for our basis appointments? We have to get in the slow clap of the week. Yeah.
Again, the guy with the whiskey just kills me. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm making an executive decision. Let me know if you two agree. That guy is now named Winston. I like it. I vote for it. I like it. I was gonna say I was gonna say Chauncey, but Winston. Like, <laughs> That's another great one. That could be his middle name. Yeah. I was gonna say Chauncey. Wait, 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 no, we'll person, call him WC. Chauncey Winston. Yeah, there we go. That works. Let's all right. He's old C dubs. Yeah, old C dub. <laughs> all right. Next category is most entertaining game, and I'll start this off. I thought the uh, Brown Seahawks game was was a pretty fun game to watch. I was pretty entertained watching on watching on Red Zone during during the day. Uh, Seahawks jumped out to a seventeen nothing lead. Uh, well, seventeen seven league, excuse me. Thanks to uh, one of those, one of those really, uh, actually spectacular catch by Jake Bobo, rookie, rookie, uh, rookie wide receiver Jake Bobo, very, uh, very entertaining catch he made. And the Browns bowed back on the strength of their defense, went up taking the lead, but then Geno Smith finding rookie sensation Jackson Smith and Jigba uh, on the uh, on the on the wheel route. And he scores that touchdown, gets into the end zone, scores that touchdown. Seahawks defense, to their credit, makes uh, makes PJ Walker look uh, every bit of bit every bit of uh, him being wanted to be the C- uh, the XFL back again, um, and especially in the last couple of minutes, but last minute or two. Uh, but you know, full, full credit where credit's due. And I, I, again, Dustin, gotta give uh, credit to your uh, precise uh, players to watch this week. You were you were looking at the. Seahawks offensive line to see how they would do against the Cleveland Browns. Only one sack surrendered mm-hmm. by that Seattle Seahawks offensive line this week. So I got to give them my prop. I got to give my props to them. Great job. So next uh, will be Drew. Drew, what was your most entertaining game from this week in the NFL? Some of you might call me a homer when I say this, but I promise you it's not a homer pick. When it comes to my game of the week, this is my entertaining game of the week, I have to go with the Eagles and the Commanders. Um, looking at how things were going at halftime, Commanders were up 17-10. Um, you know, the next quarter, when you come out in the third quarter, Eagles scored again to tie the game. And then from there, it was like pretty much a shootout in the fourth quarter as the Eagles scored 21 points to the Commanders 14, and they only, you know, the Eagles only won by a touchdown. A team that had just gone to the Super Bowl as the NFC representative. And then this year, their two closest games, it seemed like, are against the Commanders. Now, this was pre-Montez Sweat and Chase Young trade. And, you know, Chase Young probably had one of his best Mm. games of the season in this game against the Eagles because they stepped up, not just, you know, because they were on the trade block, but, you know, to, to get compensation for themselves, but but to also, you know, to live up to the hype. And and those two definitely have been a part of a, a stellar defensive line that we've seen for a couple of years here in D.C. that's been growing. Um, and it looks like they punted the rest of the year, that being the commanders, and this might be the last great game of the year because we've seen some close ones. I mean, the, they have a 3-5 and five record, but it could easily be 5-3, and three, I mean, with some of these games that they've lost they've mm. been close and with this one when you have to look at the caliber team that the eagles are you know with them being now seven and one 
and the Commanders have had two close games. The first one going to overtime there in Philly, and this one, you know, being decided by only one possession, and it was a shootout in the fourth quarter. With the amount of points they scored in the fourth quarter, um, as involved as they were, is you know, as glued to the screen as I was, more than in weeks past, it seemed like. I felt like with this game, and I had red zone on the other TV, because in my garage, it's like a mini Buffalo Wild Wings. I got three TVs. One's on Fox, (laughs) one's on CBS, and the third one's on Red Zone. So that's the perks of working in IT and being a former member of the Geek Squad right here. Back in the day, I had discounts and decked out that garage quite some time ago, and I'm reaping the benefits now. But, yes, out of all three of those TVs that were on at that time, that that game had me glued to it even with the red zone uh, channel on the other TV. And I'm not saying this as a Homer. I'm not saying it because the license plate behind me either with my nickname on it in the old school, formerly R E D S K I N S logo on there. And I see you Mick, but what I'm saying here <laughs> is the fact that that's what I'm picking for my most entertainment game of the week. Not because of a Homer pick, but just because overall for the games, I felt like it was the most entertaining one in my opinion. All right, Dustin, over to you, your most entertaining game from week eight. Well, Drew, uh, you're a gentleman and a scholar because I completely agree with you. Yeah! I chose, I chose <laughs> this game. I chose the the Commanders versus the Eagles over my own Seahawks victory, which I was overjoyed about. Um, but this, this Eagles-Commanders game had everything, and I thought it was going to be the makings of an upset. I'll say it. The Commanders came out. They jumped on them early, and Terry McLaurin, uh, they got to get Terry McLaurin the ball more, and it seems like they're starting to do that the last few games. Um, but to your point, I was going to say the the last of the, the Commanders in recent history always seem to play this Eagles team well. They took them to overtime, like you said, the last time when they played in Philly. And this game was no walk in the park for the Eagles. And it was only credit to the Eagles for battling back in that game. And A.J. Brown was making some circus catches out there. But it, it was a very entertaining game to watch. And for most of the game, I don't have the stats in front of me, but for most of the game, it, say, it seemed like the commanders were able to keep the Eagles' run game in check. So that's why they were slinging it all over the yard to A.J. Brown. And uh, Devonta Smith finally got involved a little bit in this game. You know, people were wondering when he was going to be involved in this game. But this game... It was a very fun game to watch, and I like to watch Brian Robinson run the ball. I think I, I wish he would do it more. He's on my fantasy team. I know nobody cares about that, but the chemical toilet, we need more points out of our running back there. I feel sorry for you having Brian Robinson on your fantasy team with the amount of production he's gotten. That offensive yeah. line has been suspect for quite some time. The yeah. two biggest uh, factors on the commanders they need to switch up and make some changes to are that offensive line to give them better protection. Sam Howell's taken way too many sacks this year and on pace to break David Carr's record or the sack record for one. Uh, yeah, but two, never good. Yeah, and then two, they're secondary. I mean, you got to look at what their defensive line and their their middle of the of the their, their linebackers, but the secondary has been suspect for quite some time too. And the reason why they gave up thirty eight points, it's not because of like their line with Sweat and Young and the other great talents they have up front there. The secondary has given up way too many deep balls, and you know to Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, you're expected to do that, especially with AJ Brown and that one one handed circus catch that he had. Mm-hmm. He had two great touchdowns, but had one. Great Great one-handed circus yeah. catch right there before halftime. They did some great things in that game. And see, Mick, somebody else agrees with me. I'm not being a homer out here. It's just legitimate, <laughs> factual football. 
Well, I, I mean, we're talking about fancy teams, Dustin, uh, you didn't make the mistake of having Joe Burrow and Chase Young on your bench this week. Like, Oh, oh man. Oh, you're in an IDP league, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would have won if I had both of them in the lineup, but like I, like I should have remembered. But anyway, that's here nor, here nor there. But you can't blame him our- too much because look at the production he's done for the first part of the season. I mean, yeah. it's not like you were expecting what to happen to happen, just like we weren't expecting the Broncos to mollywop the Chiefs. I mean, anything sure. can happen in the NFL on any given Sunday or Monday or even a Thursday night. That's why sure. it's great. True. That's true. Uh, before we go to our first commercial break, we'll take one more visit to the comment section. Julie says, I'm glad my lines are not dis- aren't a disappointment this week. Nope, nope. They were close, but but uh, no, they pulled it out against the Raiders, who uh, uh, fired their head coach, their offensive coordinator, and their GM overnight. So, yeah. great job. You, you, uh, you, you, your lines put the, the nail in the coffin of Josh McDaniels' coach, head coaching career, at least. They're still biting off kneecaps over there in Detroit. Things <laughs> are looking up for your Lions there, Julie. You should be proud of the production you're getting out of that team this year. Mm-hmm. Mickey says, well, the Hawks are not the disappointment this week, unlike Drew's commanders. Uh, He also says, Drew, who's your daddy? Can you say Eagles? He scored 31 points on the Eagles, Mick. Come on now. (laughs) I I feel sorry for you, Dustin, for agreeing with Drew. (laughs) Dusty on. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm on the money with that pick because I'm a Seahawks fan, and I chose – I. I chose with my heart, and my heart said, hey, go with this Commander's game because I enjoyed watching it. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're going to take our first commercial break. When we come back, we'll go over the rest of Week 8 and what we uh, what we were uh, impressed by. So let's take a quick commercial break. Here, here come back on Don't You Know Coach Squared. Are you ready to elevate your sports betting experience? Look no further than DraftKings Sportsbook. Why choose DraftKings Sportsbook? Unmatched variety. Bet on your favorite sports leagues or discover new ones to follow. Live betting. Test your instincts and feel the adrenaline as you bet in real time while a game unfolds. Promotions and boosted odds. DraftKings keeps the excitement going with a range of promotions, odds boosts, and special offers. And a user-friendly interface. Whether you're a seasoned better or new to the game, DraftKings' intuitive platform makes placing bets a breeze. Ready to dive in? Belly Up Sports has partnered with DraftKings Sportsbook to give you an exclusive offer. Sign up at dkng.co forward slash bellyup150 and new customers will get $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet $5 or more. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your love for sports to the next level. Sign up today and let the games begin. Please give all responsibly. 21 years or older. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. That's right. We have a new sponsor, at Bel- affiliate sponsor at Belly of Sports. That is DraftKings. If you're looking to do some, if you're if you're in a state that allows sportsbook, online sportsbook, and DraftKings is your sportsbook of choice, if you're a new customer, you sign up now, you get $200 in bonus bets, like that handsome man in the commercial said. $200 in bonus bets with a $5 deposit. Go to the link in the descriptions, dkng.co forward slash bellyup150. Sign up today. Do what the handsome man says. And no, it, it was not coincidental that that music, um, actually, it's kind of coincidental that music sounds like uh, uh, Maxwell Jacob Freeman coming out to his, uh, to his audience. I, I, Drew, I know you're a wrestling fan. I was fan. about to give oh, wow. you a, yeah. a shout-out for that. <laughs> I, uh, I, 
Yeah, I found that on the YouTube studio. I found that on the YouTube audio studio. I'm like, wow, that sounds like MJF. I'm gonna use that in a commercial. No, it really did sound like MJF. I was about to say I expected him to come busting through my wall and start screaming at me with his scarf on. You know, just be careful because remember, Vanilla Ice had Ice Ice Baby, which was kind of a part of David Bowie's song from back in the day too, and they came after them. So just be careful out there. Yeah, but I'll tell you, no. No, remember, remember old Rob Van Winkle's classic explanation. He's like, oh, it's not the same. It's different. He's like, it's that little, he goes, theirs goes, do, 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 do. He's like, ours goes, do, 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 do. He's like that little thing. (laughs) (laughs) Boom, lawyer. You just got lawyered. (laughs) It did not work for him. (laughs) <laughs> no, it did not. It did not. He tried. All right, we're moving. On. We're moving on. Right, anyway, just go to DraftKings. Kangaroo, kangaroo, kick yourself some bonus bets with five dollar deposit for new customers. Do go ahead and do that now. Actually, don't do that now. Do it after the show. After the yeah, show. Keep yeah. <laughs> most notable performance for Week Eight, Drew. I'm going to give you the floor. Who was your most notable performance this week? For this one, I got to go with Joe Burrow. Uh, because Joe hmm. Burrow was 28 to 30. Being the guy who I didn't start in fantasy football like an idiot? Yeah. <laughs> yes, and the man who in the Total Football Talk commercial, I call a dumpster pelican. So he it's must true. have heard what I was saying after. That was that was from the episode one. So he must have heard me back weeks ago and tuned it up because the man was 28 to 32, a 238 yards passing with three passing touchdowns. And that's just, you know, as the quarterback throwing, he still rushed for six carries on 43 yards as a quarterback that's not really known for using his legs that often. So when it comes to what he did on the field after being banged up, having the struggles the first month of the season, getting the bye week, coming back healthy, the team overall looks healthy, and you only had four incomplete passes out of 32 attempts, I got to give it to Joe Burrow for the most notable performance this week. All right, Dustin, how about you? Your most notable performance from this week well i'm gonna keep the quarterback train rolling but i might go with one that will surprise some people but this impressed me mostly because nobody saw this coming much like the denver broncos i'm picking mr will levis because he went 19 for 29 for 238 yards which you might not you might say that's not an impressive line you know 238 yards is not a lot but he threw four touchdowns in his NFL debut and some of these throws particularly one to uh DeAndre Hopkins he put it right in the bread basket and you could tell by his throwing motion he was supremely confident when he let that ball go and this was kind of a pick You know, I know he got a lot of hype before the draft, but when the Titans actually took him and then he kind of faltered in the preseason a little bit and he kind of he didn't really win the backup job from Malik Willis. And they were and and Mike Vrabel was going to say, oh, he's going to you know, it's going to be a combination of the two of them starting. Nobody saw this coming, and uh, there was some talk that Will Levis may have a lot more seasoning to do before he's ready to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Well, he looked okay this game, and I think he I think he clamped down on that on that starting job. We'll have to see how he does moving forward. Great pick, great pick. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I would say who, the season up that the mayo he puts in his coffee every morning. Dustin, you picked the, <laughs> you picked Will Levis. Are you gonna put are you gonna put uh, mayo in your coffee this tomorrow morning? 
I will not be doing that. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> so I'm going to stray away from the quarterbacks this week because yeah, we had some pretty normal performances by quarterbacks this week. Uh, some good, some terrible. Uh, but I'm going to give some flowers to the Denver Broncos defense. We talked about this uh, in the biggest upset this week with the Denver Broncos upsetting and breaking their 16-game losing streak, which gives me, as a New York Jets fan, hope for Week 17 or Week 18 when we meet those despicable uh, Patriots in uh, Gillette Stadium, and hopefully this they'll, they'll put the nail in the coffin of of uh, Bill Belichick's coaching career, but that's not a here nor there. Uh, but Denver Broncos defense, this Chiefs, they, they stymied this Chiefs offense. Nine points, no touchdowns. And again, five turnovers, including three interceptions. They forced three interceptions from Patrick Mahomes, who again, perennial MVP candidate every single year. They made him look like a rookie, a rookie. And I can give credit to Vance Joseph, once, uh, once uh, head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, uh, coming back to the Mile High City to be the defensive coordinator for this unit, did a fantastic job foiling this Chiefs offense. Chiefs got off. Chiefs offense got a lot of work to do. They got they got a challenge in Frankfurt, Germany, on Sunday uh, when they faced the Miami Dolphins. But I think the Denver Broncos defense, you know. We, uh, for as much crap as I gave Sean Payton earlier in the year, especially when they played the Jets and he, he called out Nathaniel Hackett, I gotta give, I give credit where credit's due. He put up a good coaching job uh, this week, and I gotta give props to the uh, Broncos defense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know we we are big believers in this show on this show of hey. We may we may get on some people, but when you when you uh, have an impressive performance, we'll let you know. I'm sure Sean say, Payton cares. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Sean Payton cares. He's, big, a, he's a big, big fan, fan of, this, of the show. Big fan of the show. Big fan <laughs> of the show. I, I I will say this though: for as much as it hurts, mutual friend of the show and mutual friend of uh, Drews, uh, Cole Cole Johnson, those those Oilers uniforms look they look sharp. They do. I gotta say it. I had to say it, but they don't deserve to wear them. I know they don't deserve to wear them. I agree, but they look so good. (laughs) They do, do, but just just bring back the Oilers already. They do, but I'm very excited because my Seahawks are rolling out the retro unis again against Dallas. They already nice. So many of the fans were like, "Those were really sweet too." (laughs) Yeah, I I love those uniforms. Hey, at least 31 of the 32 teams in the NFL can have retro jerseys. Ours are outlawed, Ugh, so we can't have ours anymore, at least with the old logo. And, and what's on the know. half I sleeve think... of my arm as well. We can't we can't use that. I, I don't know. I, I mean, at least could have the spearhead like the old Warriors did. I mean, could you just have that? Or the R with the feather. I think they just need to listen to the petition of over like a hundred thousand people who have signed so far and growing to try to bring the name back. Because if the owner in his press conference when he took over the team can say the name over and over again, like thirty times in the press conference, (laughs) then you have to say that that's looking like towards the future. They may try, even though they're saying they're not going to, they may try to work it in there to bring the name back. Yeah, pandemic's over. Everybody, all the snowflakes have have gone back and crawled in their crawl spaces. Let's let's bring the name back. 
right. Well, I will. I will say I would. I would put it on lock if 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 Dan Snyder, pos that he was, if he still owned the team, he would bring it back just so that he could then be like, oh, re-release and charge everybody to go out and buy new jerseys again. <laughs> and inflate his ego. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, <laughs> of course. No, I agree with that. One of the worst owners in all of sports history. You put him along the likes of Donald Sterling of the Clippers back in the day and other horrible owners in the world of sports. Definitely not a great tenure to be a fan of that team during that time frame. If the name never comes back, it's not that big of a deal. I do have Indian heritage in me, so that's why I can freely speak about it because I got <laughs> paperwork to prove it. But when it comes to it, I just hope that they change the name within the next few years to something that's a little bit more respectable than Commanders because whenever they lose, I'm getting tired of hearing, they got commanded. <laughs> Somebody took command against them. I'm getting tired <laughs> of seeing it and tired of hearing it. Let's change it to a more respectable <laughs> name like the other 31 teams in the NFL. Well, I think we just got uh, Drew's hottest individual take of the week. Uh, maybe we did. Maybe we didn't. I don't know. We'll see when we, we get to him. But, Dustin, I'm going to start with you. What's your hottest individual take from this week in the NFL? Well, mine's going to kind of dovetail with yours a little bit. I don't want to reveal too much of how the sausage is made. But I'm going to kind of put a different spin on it because I'm going to let you make your points that you want to make. But I'm going to talk about the Raiders, and I'm going to say – Josh McDaniels, his coaching career as a head coach is over. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to say that he doesn't deserve another chance down the line, but he really doesn't. After, if you look at the way that that things happened for him in Denver, some of the draft picks and some of his tenure, and then for me, it was the bailing on the Colts at the introductory press conference. I was surprised that the Raiders gave him a chance, but I said, hey, you know, everybody deserves a chance. But his head coaching career in this league is done. And I'm just going to say, much has been made about the vaunted success of the Belichick coaching tree. And I'm going to say, if you look at it on a coordinator level, it's true. They've had a lot of successful coordinators in this league, in the NFL. But on a head coaching record, uh, the record is kind of abysmal. You got Eric Mangini. He got off to a hot start, and then we all know what happened. You got uh, Jim Schwartz. We know how that happened. We've got uh, Josh McDaniels. We know how that ended. We got Matt Patricia. We got Joe Judge. How did all that turn out? Now, some of them didn't inherit some of the best team situations, but I can go even further back. Romeo Cornell. I can go back to uh, uh, Charlie Weiss, even, you know, his time at, uh, you know, it, it just. It's not everybody talks about it, but with the exception of Nick Saban, who has been the big success as a head coach at any level, you know? So this Belichick coaching tree, I don't think it's cracked up What it, you uh, for all that people have heaped on it over the years. It, at a coordinator level, very good. But at a, a, at a uh, head coach level, no mas. Yeah, that was my take this week with the uh, with the with the Raiders and their coaching fiasco. Look, we're, I'm just going to put it out there: the Raiders, Mark Davis's biggest mistake was letting go of Rick Rich Bisaccia at the end of the 2021 season. Mm-hmm. That guy took a team that was in turmoil with all everything that happened with John Gruden, all the exposures, all the letters that came out. 
all the letters, all the things that he said in private, supposedly in private emails, which now come to light. He resigns in shame. Mark Davis has to pay the rest of his contract. Or, no, I'm sorry. He, has a, he wound up getting a settlement for $60 million. Then Rich Bisaccia comes in, little-known special teams coach. He guides the Raiders to the playoffs, takes them to the playoffs, and almost beats the Bengals in that wild-card round. If the, if the Raiders win that, that wild-card round, there's no Bengals in that Super Bowl. Remember, remember that. So while he, he didn't offer him a contract, he wanted, instead he wanted to make a big splash in, in the coaching realm. Just like the New York Jets did in 2019 when they hired A-D-A-M-G-A-S-E. Remember this guy? <laughs> yeah. There was a reason why the Dolphins let him go. And, and us Jets fans had to suffer for two straight seasons of this joker of a coach who apparently allegedly is coaching high school football in Michigan, somewhere in Michigan. I don't know. Julie, Julie, I know you're from Michigan. You, you, you can, you can sell, you can tell me in the comments if he's coaching, if he's Adam Gase is coaching high school football, but there's a reason why there's a reason why co- some coordinators aren't meant to be head coaches. And Josh McDaniels is a huge example of that. Huge example of that. Now, I'm pretty sure Bill Belichick down the line will probably bring him back to bring him bagels and uh, bagels and coffee uh, and cream cheese in the morning, in addition to his offensive coordinator duties for the third straight for the third time in New England, yeah. provided Bill Belichick stays the head coach of the team this year. But here's here's the Raiders. Here we go again. If you're a Raiders fan, you're you're in, you're in football purgatory one more time with a joke of an owner. Who cannot? Who is not his dad? He is not Al Davis. Al Davis at least knew talent. He knew coaching talent. He knew he knew player talent up until I probably probably the last decade and a half of his of his of his life. Unfortunately, mm. he's not his dad. So now the Raiders here. They, here we go again. They fire their head coach. They fire their GM. They fire their offensive coordinator. Now they're pretty much going to let go of Jimmy, of Jimmy Garoppolo, gonna let Jimmy Garoppolo sit the rest of the season allegedly. And they're bringing in their, their quarterback, Aiden O'Connell and an interim coach in uh, Pierce, Antonio former, Pierce, Antonio yeah. Pierce, former New York giant to carry them through the rest of the season. And I feel for Raiders fan. I know a good buddy of mine, Jeff Levac, he's a big Raiders fan. He's probably wondering. He's probably, he's probably, uh, well, well, when he's not, when he's not president of the Albany firebirds, he's, pontificating about the uh, Raiders on his show, Levac and Gaz, 3 p.m. on Fox Sports 980 in Albany, New York. Uh, but no, she was plug for them. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I feel for Raiders fan. I know how you feel. You're because you're in football purgatory again, because you're on your way up with Rich, Bisag- Rich Bisaglia, who is now serving as the special teams coach in Green Bay. And he's not head coach of your team. He's not guiding you to victories. So I feel for you. I feel for you. Drew, your hottest individual tick of the week, unless we already had it with the uh, R.E.D. <laughs> no, 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 no. I got, I got another one that's more legitimate. Before I do that, okay. to also feel for the Raiders fans, your now pre- current owner sets history as the only owner to sport a bowl cut. So that's another part of your Taylor woe that you have to look at when you are and, a fan of the Raiders. That, that's and not and my- drive a 1997 Ford Aerostar. <laughs> 
Jeez, he probably has a flowmaster on that thing too, just to look cool in his opinion. But <laughs> if you look at the hottest individual take of the week, um, in my fact, in my case, and I'm sorry, Ryan, I have to go with the New York Jets, and not for positive reasons. Uh, when you're playing a team, it's okay, we're used to was, getting kicked while we're down. <laughs> when <laughs> when you're playing a team that was two and five coming into this game, a team that is loaded full of dumpster pelicans, that being the New York Giants, a battle of New Jersey right here. When you have this matchup, Jets come into this thing three and three on the shoulders of Zachary Capono Wilson coming into this game throwing 240 yards, 17 to 36 on pass attempts. He's lucky he got it done, especially given the fact that he was the leading rusher with four carries and 25 yards. Brees Hall, where is he at? 12 carries, 17 yards, averaging 1.4 yards per carry in this game. On top of that, you got Dalvin Cook, who was overhyped during the offseason, and what they did to bring him in, two carries, five yards, averaging 2.5 yards per carry. You're lucky you got this win in the fashion that you did because usually when you can't establish the run and your quarterback's your leading rusher on that few attempts, the recipe is for disaster for the New York Jets. I know there's all this hype for Aaron Rodgers to come back this season, and he may very well do so as it was cool to see him in this pregame, you know, dropping back, three-step drop, pivoting on that bad uh, leg and throwing the ball around like he is. It's looking like he may prove that science is in his favor when it comes to his rehabilitation program. So for that, I have to give the positive spin with the Jets on that, but you're four and three at this point. And if you don't find ways to to get Zach Wilson to, to get more completions on that many attempts, along with the fact of establishing the running game, recipes for disaster because your leading receiver, Garrett Wilson, had 100 yards on seven receptions. That's good. But, I mean, other than that, you know, Brees Hall did curl in 76 yards on six receptions as well. But you can't be relying on your running back to be your second leading receiver on the game. It's backwards for that team. Robert Sala has got to switch some things up to get better production out of his team if they're going to have any chance of being successful for the rest of this year, make the playoffs with the chance of Aaron Rodgers coming back because there's a chance if you keep playing like this, that's not even going to be an option by the time week 14 through 17 to 18 comes up later this year. No, and that was going to be my hottest individual take this week until – Josh Daniels, Josh McDaniels' dismissal came. That yeah, this 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 method, this mode of offense that the Jets have, they it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable for the entirety of a season or until Aaron Rodgers comes back. Now, they the Jets do have a history of struggling under Robert Robert Sala, uh, of struggling after the bye, after they come back from the bye week. It was very evident last year in that piss poor performance in Foxborough, where they gained. Two yards, two yards in the second half of that football game and lost because of a punt return uh, with a questionable clip with two questionable clips, by the way. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they got to figure out the offense. I'm hoping this week against the Chargers they'll manage to do that. Uh, the defense, though, I mean, I got no issues with their defense. Um, Al, unfortunately, Al Woods is out for the season with a hey, look at that, a torn Achilles tendon. But they do bring back friend of the show, Tanzel Smart. In this edition of No Christmas Requires, brought to you by Tanzel's House of Car Coochies. What's up, the run and stuff your face at Tanzel's House of Car Coochies? Yes, Tanzel Smart back on the active roster because Al Woods was injured. That's the one positive I could see from it. 
But yeah, I love that I, every I, time y'all bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> now that I get a chance to acknowledge it while you're live, that is definitely something that entertains me every time you find a way to slide that in there. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, no, I I agree. I I agree. They, they, they got to do something with this offense. It can't be like this every single week for the for until if Aaron Rodgers does actually come back. I don't know what kind of science he's using to or witchcraft his former girlfriend's putting on him to. Well, wait, it might be legal in New Jersey. Anyway, um, I don't know if you can smoke ayahuasca, but well, he's been spending a lot of his time in the West Coast in L.A. for the rehab. That's true. He's also he's also making trips out to the East Coast when he when he, with the Giants. He's basically with the team the rest of the season too. So, uh, but well, I don't know. I don't know the swim swim with dolphins during mating season. That's what I was going to say. He credits the, some he credits some dolphins and yeah, not those I, in Miami. <laughs> no, not the ones in Miami. Who, by the way, I'll give them their flowers when they beat a team over five hundred. Anywho, <laughs> hey, between between him, you know, being with the team and for his rehab, you gotta say he is racking up those frequent flyer miles right now. That's true. That's true. All right, we're gonna take one more commercial break. When we come back, we're gonna wrap things up. What we're looking forward to in week number nine. We'll stick with it to the comment section. So stay tuned for no for more. No credentials required. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from No Credentials Required to talk to you about one of our newest partners at Belly Up Sports, SeatGeek. Yeah, live sports is great on television, but the feeling of being at the arena is a priceless experience. That's why our friends at SeatGeek are there to help you find the best tickets at the best prices. Not only can you get tickets to sporting events, but you can also get tickets to concerts, comedy shows, musicals, and more. Search for your desired event now at SeatGeek.com, enter promo code BellyUpSports at checkout, and you save 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. That is right, folks. Our premier sponsor uh, affiliate at Belly Up Sports is SeatGeek. SeatGeek.com. Use promo code BellyUpSports at checkout for $20 off your first purchase of $50 or more. Football season's in effect. NFL and college. NBA. NHL. Play musicals, comedy shows, concerts, whatever you fancy. And if you go through, if you go through a box office, visit SeatGeek.com, look for your desired event, put the tickets in the bin, and save twenty dollars off your first order of fifty dollars or more at checkout with the promo code Belly Up Sports. All right, moving on to Week Nine of the NFL. What we're looking forward to. We're going to start off with our most intriguing matchup. I'll take the floor on this one first. And my most intriguing matchup this week is the Bills and the Bengals. It's our Sunday night game. It's a rematch of last season's NFL divisional round. I'm curious to see if the Bengals can continue their hot streak. Hey, look, last year it took them four weeks to get things going uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And guess what? They're at their peaking. They're starting to peak right now with that big win in San Francisco. In Santa, I'm sorry, in Santa Clara mind you uh they had the big win in san francisco they're 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 looking to continue their winning ways and i'm i'm also curious about the buffalo bills are they healthy enough to keep winning they keep the guys keep dropping guys keep dropping they got they relatively got relatively uh got relatively healthy uh for their game against the uh Timber bay buccaneers last thursday so they're coming off a, a hell of a stretch uh, where they have to travel to London, they play the next week, and then they play on Thursday the following week. So, you know, they got 10 days to rest. 
uh, but they're going to play a very good and very and and what's starting to trend up uh, Bengals team. Drew, who is your most intriguing matchup for Week Nine? When I look at it, uh, these two uh, this these two teams that are facing off each other have have a two game winning streak. And when it looks at this schedule right here, I got to pick my most intriguing game. I'm looking at this week is got to be the Seahawks at the Ravens. Uh, Seahawks mm. are five and two. The Ravens are six and two. Lamar Jackson has had some really good games throughout this season. The two games they lost, not so much, but the six wins they've had, they've been looking great. They're in Baltimore for this one, especially with what the Seahawks have done uh, to make some moves here recently to beef up the team a little bit. I think this one, in my opinion, besides the one y'all picked, I didn't want to pick the same one that you guys picked. I had to go with something a little bit different. And along that category, I had to go with this matchup being the Seahawks and the Ravens. All right, Dustin, who's your most intriguing matchup for this week? Well, as Drew alluded to, looking at the slate of games, even though I'm very intrigued about the Seahawks and Ravens naturally, but I'm also a little scared because I'm wondering how we're going to contain Lamar Jackson. I also picked the Bengals and Bills. We will finally get to see this matchup. I realize both the teams are in a little different spots than they were the last time that they were supposed to meet. Um, But the atmosphere around this game is going to be incredible. Um, I'm so glad that we get to see it Sunday night. Uh, You you alluded to many of the reasons why this game will be good. So I'll, I'll, I'll spare everyone of just repeating what Ryan said, but I had to go with the Bengals and bills this week. Um, Even though the battle of the birds naturally intrigues me, but I am, I am a touch worried about it. I'd say. (laughs) <laughs> all right next up on the docket for week nine is desperation city we where we profile two teams and matchups that are kind of looking desperate these days so drew I'm gonna start with you which two te- which game do you see as desperation city for both teams the giants and the raiders is the teams that i'm gonna have to pick that game of because you look at what has happened with the raiders we just talked about it a little bit a little bit ago with the head coach McDaniel's being gone, the GM being gone, you know, fire sale, except for they didn't get rid of Devontae Adams, which is probably why those two definitely lost their job. They're gonna lose it inevitably, but definitely the GM lost it on that factor because you had opportunities to get something for Hunter Renfro and Devontae Adams, and he didn't do anything for the trade deadline. Now going into this matchup here. Looking at the two dumpster pelican teams that I have to say between the two and six Giants and the Las Vegas Raiders, who are three and five, this is definitely a game that if you are a fan of either one of these two teams, you can afford to take a nap during this game. (laughs) All right, Dustin, what about you? Who's Desperation City for you? Oh, well, for me, we're going to kind of keep – I'm picking a different game, but we're going to go with this general theme, and I apologize in advance. General theme. The game that I picked – is the Patriots versus the Commanders because the Patriots, their season is hanging on by the most thin of threads. And if they cannot engineer a win against what is now a clearly selling Commanders team and is an undermanned defense now after unloading two of their biggest defensive assets – Uh, then this will be the nail in the Patriots' season. And as some are speculating, this could be the nail for Bill Belichick's tenure in New England. So I I think the Patriots may come out with an air of desperation. Um, But 
it'll be interesting to see how the commanders react, specifically their players, after a seeming signal from the front office that they're kind of waving the white flag on the season, so to speak. So my pick this week for Desperation City is the Vikings and Falcons. We saw what happened last week with uh, with Kirk Cousins going down. He tore his he has his Achilles torn in that game against the Bron- against the uh, Broncos, the Packers, in a very what was what was happened to be a very big win uh, for the Vikings as they stay in the hunt for the wild card spot and also stay in the hunt for the uh, NFC North. Uh, but they bring in Josh Dobbs uh, along with the uh, a sixth round pick in the 2024 draft. I'm curious to see, uh, although I believe it will be, it'll be uh, the J- Jaron Hill who will be starting for the Vikings this week as, J- as Josh Dobbs gets accustomed to the offense. Uh, but I- I'm curious to see how the Vikings will fare in a one full game against it. What's a pretty good Falcons defense. But I'm also curious to see how the Falcons will get off the schneid, especially offensively. Uh, I guess Taylor Heineke is now going to be starting for the Falcons going forward or until the wheels fall off his bus or Arthur Smith shaves his mustache and decides, oh, wait, Desmond Ritter's my quarterback. And by the way, Arthur Smith, please don't go near, go, please don't go near any playgrounds, man, with that mustache. Yeah. You got parents who are going to say, keep, keep, stay away from that guy. Stay away from that guy. Yeah, but that, he's the Falcons head coach. No, stay away. Stay right. away. He's going to offer you a job. But <laughs> but um, but um, I'm kind of curious to see if Taylor Heineke will use weapons that they've drafted in recent years, like Drake London and Kyle Pitts, as part of the offense for, uh, for the Falcons. So I'm kind of curious to see both teams kind of stay, trying to stay in the playoff hunt. The Falcons, especially trying to stay in the NFC South division hunt for that, for that division crown when they get the, they get the, uh, the, uh, they get the playoff, they get the home game in the play in the wild card round. So guys, I have to admit, I fumbled the football on this one. I actually read my next take for the cast oral one for this one. I was completely wrong <laughs> with my desperation city one. If you'll forgive me and let me go ahead and redo that one for probably the first time ever in the history of this show. But, right. but Hey, back. when it comes to this one, I have to say my desperation city for this one would have to be the Colts at the Panthers. And the reason why I picked the Colts is uncle Rico as the backup quarterback for the Colts has definitely not been playing up to par from what we've known Uncle Rico to do with his magic in the past. Usually coming off the bench, he throws more magic than he does as a starting quarterback, but that's neither here or there. If you do not win this game against the one in six Panthers who just recently won their game and you know things are on an upswing for them on momentum-wise because so, the Colts are three and five. If they drop to three and six, there is no chance of them making the playoffs this year. However, if they do win this game, they'll be four and five, and they will still be in the hunt for a potential wild card spot at the end of this season if things continue to trend upwards. Doesn't mean it's going to actually happen. But for me, my desperation city pick this week has to be the Colts based on the fact of if you lose to a one and six team, your season is definitely over. All right. Before we get to our next two uh, two sections of this program, I want to take a quick visit to, this, to the comment section here. Uh, Julie says, I'm very proud of, I'm very proud of my Lions. It's very exciting time to be a Lions fan. Something that sounds foreign to me. Yeah. Especially <laughs> as a Detroit fan, 
Detroit sports fan, uh, the entire city's kind of gone a little bit wonky uh, with their sports. Uh, she also says she also had Joe Burrow bench this week in fantasy football. So, oh and, man, yeah, whoops! Welcome <laughs> to the scene. Most notable notable performance: Seattle GM John Schneider. Just that, just here to out Homer everyone. <laughs> I'm with you, Wonko. I'm with you. I got to quote the great Rich Eisen because I was I was listening to his take, and he said this trade is the exact kind of trade that Schneider makes because Schneider knows who the team is. He knows what their identity is. He knows the system that Pete Carroll runs. He knows what Pete Carroll needs. And he just keeps feeding that Pete Carroll system and scheme up there. Those two have a very unique relationship. Not a lot of people talk about it, but we will, Wonko. We'll carry the torch. (laughs) Uh, Julie also says we are on the Dan bite the kneecaps off Campbell train. (laughs) (laughs) Wonko giving some some love to uh, Drew says, guess Drew is correct. Seattle had the easiest strength of schedule so far this year. And how good is that young Seahawks defense? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, we have an he icon. He made it. He made I- it. <laughs> <laughs> Do your impersonation of David Caruso's career. <laughs> Ike, you got to change that picture, bro. You got to change it. Oh, you got to change, change it to Ike, a teenage Ike when he went on those uh, we, with the episode where he went on those uh, those horm- the, 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 t- the testosterone and he was <laughs> talking all sorts of gross things. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> all right, we're moving on from the comment section. We're going to the we would rather drink castor oil than watch this game. Uh, Drew already already alluded to his. Dustin, what was your what's your castor oil game of the week? Uh, well, we're going to be picking on a team that you and I have kind of been uh, – I think you picked them. It was it last week or the week before, but I am picking – Both. Both. Oh, both yeah, weeks. Yeah. Two weeks in a row. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to keep the streak going because I'm picking up this week. It's the Packers versus the Rams <laughs> because the Packers, we've explained what's been going on with them um, for the last few weeks now, and boy, are they brutal to watch. Although confoundingly, they're like sometimes in games late, so I don't understand it. But uh, it is a mess out there in Green Bay. But the Rams side of things could be equally as bad if one Matthew Stafford does not start under center because of his thumb issue that he's got going on there. So uh, I'm not exactly looking forward to this one. And I predict that Aaron Donald will wreak absolute havoc uh, for that Green Bay offensive line. And my Castor Oil game of the week is the same as Drew's, Giants and Raiders. Who wants to watch this game? <laughs> Nobody does. Yeah. Not even Giants fans, not even Raiders fans. Shout out to Wise El Jefe, but I don't think even he wants to watch this game. Probably um, probably not. And you know who else a- probably doesn't want to watch it, but the problem is he'll be on the sideline. Antonio Pierce probably doesn't want to watch it. Yeah, it's funny that he's facing his old team. Yeah, and tell me the NFL is not scripted again. Uh, But it's uh, uh, this game is just going to be an absolute trash fire of a game. Dumpster pelicans everywhere. Drew, I'll take, I'll I'll take, I'll take that, I'll take that. uh, That saying, Uh, yeah, this game is not going to be fun to watch. So thankfully, I'll have it on. I'll have it on red zone, so I don't have to watch the game. And, and by the way, I have another hot take. 
I think the NFL should stagger the early games too to 105 and 125, just like they do with the four o'clock games, where they have it 405 and 425. Yeah. Stagger them out, make it, make it, make. Make the good games go and the, and the profiled games go longer with the 125 starts, so they blend into the 425 starts. So that's my pick, but that's my take. But I, I'd rather drink casserole than have to watch those two, those two football purgatory franchises uh, play in a game. Uh, Wanko says whoever the Bears play, Saints, and he also can't you can't watch another Ohio State quarterback crash and burn. I agree. Uh, does, I'm surprised that Justin Fields was not traded at the trade deadline, but I guess the Bears wanted to retain him for some reason. Need some justification for paying his rookie deal, I guess. I don't really know. I like that stagger schedule, too, because it's less of a gap between the 4 o'clock games and the 8 o'clock game when you look yeah. at it mm-hmm. there on Sunday, too. It gives us more consistent football throughout a Sunday, which keeps us all involved throughout the entire day. I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julia d- agrees with your pick, Dustin, about the Packers because she says the Packers suck. The Packers, <laughs> the Packers. And, it, <laughs> and it looks like our toxic, our toxic comments from the Sotoba Media chat has blended over here <laughs> with what Mick has said by staying in your lane, Ike. Followed by Ike saying, based on your comments, old Teddy, looks like you need to stay in your said lane. Ooh, oh. this is what i deal with this is what i deal with on sundays yep. and mondays uh, this uh-huh. is a, they're uh-huh. cooking up some spicy gumbo in the in the chat i know right i mean i mean mickey and mickey and ike i mean probably good friends off the off the uh off the air but <laughs> i'm gonna start a live show where there's like no premise except for just talking randomly and having the live comments and we'll call it like battle of the trolls because that's literally what's going on in the comments right now <laughs> yeah here's an uh, argue argue over this it, what is this you hold an object and you just they just let them go back and forth as to what that object is called. <laughs> like Pictionary. <laughs> <laughs> Pulp a stick. What is this? That is a running utensil. No, it's a sword. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Last segment of the week is players to watch in week nine. I'm going to go first, and I'm going to go with Geno Smith. Uh, just because we talked about the, the battle of the birds between the Seahawks and the Baltimore Ravens. Seahawks going east. Can he guide the Seahawks to an upset win over this, what seems to be a rolling Baltimore Ravens team? We saw them roll over the Lions. Sorry, Julie. And we saw them struggle a little bit against the against the Cardinals in the other Battle of the Birds. It'll be Battle of the Birds 2 for them. They struggled in the first half against the Card- against a plucky Cardinals team, but they eventually pulled away and went up winning that game handily. But I'm watching Geno Smith. I, I want to see what kind of performance he 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 has in mind. And I know you kind of alluded to a couple weeks ago, Dustin, about uh, fans calling for Drew Locke's name. But right now, this is Geno's show. And I kind of want to see what Geno does against this Baltimore defense. Drew, who is your player to watch in Week 9? You know, based on his recent production in the last game, and I'm going to kind of throw you a curveball when I say this. I'm going to go with Dakota Rain Prescott of the Cowboys. And um, based on what he did last week, I have to give him the nod in this one. You know, led his team to a 43-20 to victory over the Dumpster Pelican Rams. I can't get too excited. But he was 25-31 for 304 yards, four touchdowns, and the one lone pick. Now, when you're going against a team right here 
in the Eagles. When it comes to the hype that we hear about the Cowboys each and every year for the last like three decades, it seems like <laughs> and they drop the ball every time. You don't go to Super Bowl, right? We know we're going to Super Bowl. (laughs) We the boys. Yeah, that's what we hear. We the boys. (laughs) But when I look right here at this, this is going to be the telltale game in week nine for us to say whether they are for real or not. Because if they aren't, and if they even lose by more than a one-possession game, more than a touchdown – you can't throw so much shade on the commanders if you're not going to do much better than them. So this is the Cowboys' chance to upstage the Eagles, get the victory, drop the Eagles to their second loss of the year, and climb on up the standings in the NFC East, and it all is on the shoulders of Dakota Rain Prescott. If he has a bad game in this game, Cowboys aren't going to win. But if he plays to the caliber of what he did last week, which he has shown flashes up throughout his career since taking Mm -hmm. over that starting job, I feel like the sky could be the limit for them at some point. May not be this year, but he is a talented quarterback. He's displayed it, but the key word is consistency, and will that stay a thing this week against the Eagles? All right, Dustin, who are you watching in Week 9? Well, I picked him for my most uh, most um, notable performance, and I'm picking him again. I'll have an extra eye on Will Levis. No, I won't be putting the mayo in my coffee. Let me just reiterate that. (laughs) But I will be watching to see what he does because the Steelers, by no fault of their offense, their offense has been awful. Kenny Pickett has not played well. They can't get the running game going. But the Steelers have a winning record based largely on their defense. Will Levis will undoubtedly come back to earth a little bit, okay? That was about, touchdown-wise, that was a as good of an, a debut as you can have. Like I said, yardage total wasn't that great. Completion total wasn't like off the charts. But but touchdown-wise, he tied a record, okay? He, he will come back to earth. He's not going to sustain that, sustain that. But if he looks comfortable against what is a game Steelers defense – I will be I will be uh, very curious to see how he performs here. And I gotta say, to to Will Lewis's credit, that guy throws a beautiful deep ball. That yards. pass to DeAndre Hopkins, go back and watch it. It was I was sitting there, my jaw was on the floor because they people were saying that Malik Willis and he were gonna were gonna alternate because none of them had really stood out, and I guess. Uh, Levis must have put extra mayo in the coffee because he was like, nah, <laughs> this is my house now. <laughs> well, I guess if you if you watched the post-game press conference, he was giving a lot of props to Malik Willis and just saying, hey, works really hard. I gotta give him I gotta give credit where credit's due. Yeah, you know, he works really hard. He's the hardest working guy in the quarterback room. He wants to learn so much, he wants to do so much. But I, I know that Levis got the nod and did a pretty outstanding job, but he's He's gonna remain humble, which is a which is great for a rookie yeah. quarterback. I, I give him yeah. a lot of a lot of credit for that. I mean, Dustin right, brought Rick. it up earlier with the fact of there were question marks and if he could be a starting quarterback in the NFL. And he answered them this past week. I mean, even if he would have only thrown two touchdown passes, he would have answered those questions. The man threw four touchdown passes in his debut. I can't fault you for mm-hmm. your pick right here as the one to watch this upcoming game. 
Yeah. And one more trip to the comment section before we get out of here. Julie says, I don't want to talk about it. Me referring to the being referring to the Lions Ravens game from a few yeah, weeks ago. That was that was I tough. like to pretend that I like to pretend that game didn't happen. Yeah, I like to pretend the last decade for the Jets didn't happen either. Can we and, also uh, pretend that the Seahawks ran the ball at the goal line? Thank you. I, yeah, me too. I like pretend <laughs> that as well. And, and Walk of the Sane, last comment of the night from Walk of the Sane. Podcast to watch in week nine. No credentials required. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. Wonko, thanks for being a loyal supporter of the show. We appreciate you. And before we get out of here, we got to let Drew give his give his, uh, uh, get his plugs in. Make sure we know where he's at. Drew, the floor is yours. Well, shout out to you guys uh, for having me on this show. You know, it's something you and I talked about a, a while back, Ryan, about you know jumping on here at some point with you guys, and I'm glad we were able to make it work. It's definitely been a blast, you know, working with you guys tonight, chopping it up with some football, meeting Dustin for the first time. I look forward to hopefully we can get together again at some point. I have another week of BTO to burn before the end of the year, so bing, we might be able to make it happen if you guys get Woo! free time. All right. But, other than that, um, just like you see in the description here, as as you guys put in there ever so graciously, you can find me at Sertoba Media. And some people are like, what does Sertoba stand for? Isn't that like a country yeah. somewhere? What does it, it stands stand for, for the struggle is real to be awesome because <laughs> when you look at it, 95% of the production is done by myself. Um, you know, I don't have a problem with carrying the weight on my shoulders. Um, I appreciate all the support that's come in this year. You know, there has been growth on different platforms that I did not see happening. Like it just came out of nowhere. Um, and I appreciate it and appreciate each and every person who's been a part of it. I've had like over 50 different guests on, uh, on different shows that I've had throughout the course of the past few years. Um, I was a part of a network for, for five years and decided to, to break away and do my own thing shortly after some things happened with my health earlier this year. And uh, the benefits have definitely been pretty positive. And if it wasn't for people like Ryan and many other people who've given me their time to produce great content alongside me, um, I wouldn't have it. So I appreciate those people just as much as I do my own contributions to my own platform or to other people's platforms I've been collaborating with for many years now. Um, but you can find me at Sertoba Media on YouTube, X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, X, uh, <laughs> Facebook, threads instagram all the uh, tiktok tiktok's another thing that's been gr uh, growing for me this year between tiktok and youtube it has been unbelievable um to see the growth and it's just been awesome to be a part of it i have to get a quick shout out to kyle nash a student of the game who produces two, yes <laughs> who produces two live shows for me each week right now he has one live on sertoba media the student of the game every wednesday night as well as on fridays the duval dive jaguars podcast as well as the next shout out i have to give is to cole johnson a man who gives us yes. so much of his time producing the commercials that he does for all of us ryan you guys have got one you and dustin have one he's produced a couple for me has done great things for snowman and snowman in the morning we are all part of that snowman crew so for snowman cole all of you out there who've had a hand into what i do on a weekly basis on a regular basis it would not be possible without you guys um, much love to all of you to your viewers who have tuned in tonight and, and potentially tune into some of my stuff later and vice versa. Some of my people who've come and watched this show tonight. Thank you all for tuning in because we can be up here and talk like a conversation all night long, but it doesn't mean a thing if we don't have you to enjoy it with us and be part of this experience as well. So I know this is a long winded answer. That's just the type of guy I am. I'm out here throwing <laughs> long winded answers, giving you some entertainment on that last minute of hype 
for this show. But again, great episode with you guys. Here's your wrap-up music, Drew. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, wrap-up music. There it is. Thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. Thank you, Drew, for being here. We do appreciate you. Uh, Dustin, before we get out of here, tell the people about your fundraiser that's coming up on Saturday. (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, we are... So here I am. I'm going. I'll I'll try to keep it uh, quick here. But uh, Drew, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Glad to have you on. Uh, but I will be. We are days away from me attempting to game for 24 straight hours. You can see the link below me: www.extra-life.org. Search and link for- in the description too. Thank you, sir. Search for Dustin Henry. You will find me. I am raising money for the local, a local children's hospital here in Albany. I am raising money for the Bernard and Millie Duker Children's Hospital at Albany Med um, as as affiliated with the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. The donations go to help sick kids around the area. And uh, it's just a cause I believe uh, very strongly in this is my sixth year doing it and uh, be very happy to have you stop by swing in donate if you can uh, Ryan I'd like to thank you again for your for your generous donation as well as helping me get the word out here uh, we're going to be playing a lineup of games one of my friends who lives in Virginia will be joining me remotely for large parts of it uh, tune in to twitch.tv to see you can search Eldusto67. We're going to be starting at 9 a.m. Eastern time. Donate if you can. If you can't donate, help spread the word. I've got I've got it. If you follow me on X or Facebook, I'll be have links there. And like I said, you can go to www.extralife.org. There will be a opportunity for you to view the Twitch channel on there as well if you are interested in it. I'm looking forward to it, and I'm going to be pretty tired on Sunday, so I'm going to have to figure out a way to watch some football. But uh, thanks for giving me the time, and it's a pleasure being on as always. All right. And before we take off, uh, I got nothing going on myself. So, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> except this show. No, wait, I do have something going on. Uh, on Friday at 3 p.m. I'll drop a video in the No Credentials Required YouTube channel. It's a YouTube exclusive. My 10 good minutes segment will be on. We'll be previewing the Canadian Football League East and West semifinal games with my pal Darren DuPont from the Rod Peterson Show. He was gracious to give me his time this afternoon and cut a quick clip, 10 minutes, talk about this week's, uh, this weekend's uh, CFL games. So check it out. And uh, we got some new subscribers. Ike said in the comment section that he subscribed. Awesome. He also tell, he'll tell he'll tells Mickey to stay in his lane. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> it, it continues. It, it, now it you continues. guys get to experience it as well. So congratulations. This is the troll <laughs> battle that never ends. <laughs> well, uh, thanks so for cool. the subscribing, and uh, hopefully we get yeah. to the the drive for five. We're still going to that drive right. for five. That's right, we're driving 100. for five. We're up to three. <laughs> I think we're up to three twenty-two right now with uh, Ike subscribing. So, hey, thanks for, thanks for subscribing. We appreciate it. But in the meantime, we want to tell you about our socials our socials on Twitter. I don't call it X. I still call it Twitter. Twitter, Instagram, the scarcely TikTok. It's at NoCredsRQ. Facebook.com forward slash NoCredsRQ. YouTube.com forward slash at NoCredsRQ. 
You can also watch us on our replay on Rumble. Just search No Credentials Required on Rumble. On the podcast side, subscribe to the podcast on a myriad of podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, wherever you podcast. Five stars is the number of stars. We would like you to rate us. And if you can, give us a review. So for Drew, Dustin, and myself, Ryan McCarthy, you have been watching or listening to No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We're presented by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. And I'm going to take a cue from Drew. And there's only one thing left to do, and that's play a badass outro. Stay out, <laughs> stay safe out here in these streets. Oh, man. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night, everybody. I thought I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna say. Can I? Can I just do it, Ryan? Ryan, can I just do it? Do it. Do it. Do it. (laughs) Everyone, as always, stay safe out here in these streets. Dustin. Oh man. Good night, everybody. There we go.